Let's turn in God's Word this evening to John chapter 20. John 20. John 20, we're, we're going to begin our reading at verse 11. This is Sunday morning. Mary Magdalene and the other women have come to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. They are looking for the body of Jesus Christ, but they could not find the body. John 20, verse 11, But Mary stood without, that is, outside at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and they know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and to your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted un unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore saith unto him, We have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace 
be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant word. May God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. The text that God gives to us to consider this evening is the 17th verse of John chapter 20, where Jesus saith unto her that is to Mary, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, the response of Jesus to Mary in the garden teaches us about the necessity of speaking firmly and gently with those who are in difficult times. At face value, we might almost judge the words of Jesus Christ here to be too firm, too strict, too stern, as he responds unto Mary. Here's Mary. She is grieving. The tears are rolling down her cheeks, for she cannot find the body of her beloved Mentor, friend, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then suddenly Jesus appears by her and begins speaking unto her. And as soon as she recognizes that this is Jesus, the first words out of his mouth unto her are, Touch me not. And we might almost judge that to be too stern. After all, shouldn't Jesus be a little bit more understanding here of Mary? Shouldn't he show a little more empathy and understanding with her? With where she is at, after all, she is but a human being with just a small understanding of the realities of Jesus' heavenly kingdom, why is Jesus so stern with her? What I hope that we can see tonight is that Jesus Christ in wisdom responded to Mary saying, touch me not. 
responded that way not because of a lack of empathy or understanding for what Mary was going through, but he responded that way because Jesus Christ had something better in store for Mary. And Mary needed to know about that better future reality that would be hers. That just as Jesus was going to ascend to be with His Father in heaven, so would all of Jesus' brethren ascend to be with their Father in heaven. Touch me not. We use that as our theme this evening. Two points. First, we see the reason why did Jesus say, touch me not, as well as looking at the command itself. And then the second point, we look at the accompanying command that Jesus gave unto Mary. Here we look at the second half of the verse where Jesus said, Go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father. Touch me not. First, the reason. Second, the accompanying command. For us to understand the reason why Jesus Christ responded the way he did unto Mary Magdalene in that garden, we must, first of all, understand something of the character of Mary as well as the relationship that Mary had previously enjoyed with Jesus. The one speaking here to Jesus is Mary Magdalene. The Bible does not give us a comprehensive description of who Mary is. The fact that she is Mary Magdalene tells us very little about who this woman Mary is, apart from the fact that she came from the village of Magdala. That's where the name Magdalene comes from. Magdala was a small town found on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. Magdala was a few miles removed from Capernaum. And Capernaum served as a central city during the tours of Jesus Christ when he would go up into Galilee and perform preaching tours throughout that region of Galilee. He oftentimes would go to Capernaum and reside in Capernaum. Magdala, where Mary lived, was only a few miles removed from Capernaum. Mary herself had a troubled history. Previously, she had been afflicted with having what the scriptures call demon possession. And she had not just one or two demons that possessed her, but the scriptures inform us that Mary Magdalene had seven demons that dwelt within her. How afflicted and how tormented this poor woman must have been. The scriptures do not speak of demon possession as something that the one being possessed had any control over. The scriptures do not speak of demon possession in this sense that 
Well, somebody, because of their sinfulness, became possessed with demons. But the Scriptures speak of demon possession as something that comes upon an individual against the will of that individual. And once afflicted with demons, that individual of of their own selves does not have the power to remove the demons. It depended upon the power of God Himself to remove demons from the individual. So there was Mary afflicted with these seven demons. And then Jesus came into her life. And Jesus, in His divine power, cast out those demons from Mary. Oh, how Mary loved Jesus for what He had done. How her heart swelled with gratitude because Jesus Christ had delivered her from being under the tyranny of the agents of the devil. And so Mary, her heart filled with joy for what Jesus had done for her, devoted herself to the care and the ministry of Jesus Christ. We said that Magdala was only a few miles removed from Capernaum. And so Mary would go from her village up to Capernaum. And there when Jesus Christ would go on his tours throughout Capernaum, throughout Galilee, Mary would follow him. She was a woman who gave herself over to the care of Jesus, feeding him, nurturing him. Not, of course, a scandalous way, not in an impure way, as some allege in this relationship between Jesus Christ and Mary. Jesus was above reproach in every regard. And yet Jesus Christ was a real human being who had real needs. He became thirsty. He hungered. And so Mary Magdalene would go with him from village to village, from city to city, likely she and other women besides, and she would care for Jesus Christ. Then to fast forward through the history, her beloved Savior Jesus Christ was taken and was hanged upon that tree. She observed her friend and her Savior, dying that gruesome death upon the cross. Friday night, after his body was taken down, she went home and wept. But she determined within her heart that the first opportunity that she had, she was going to find that body of Jesus Christ and she was going to minister one last time to that body of her beloved friend and Savior. It was part of her character and her desire. She longed to put that ointment upon the body of Jesus Christ. It was the least she felt that she could do after He had delivered her 
from demon possession. Now she felt it to be her duty to find that body of Jesus Christ and anoint that body. And so Sunday morning, the Scriptures tell us, while it was still dark out, Mary Magdalene and the other women went to that tomb in search of the body of Jesus Christ. When they got to the tomb, they found the stone rolled away from the door. He was not here, for he had risen up from the dead. And so Mary goes out then, and she stands there weeping. And as she weeps, two angels address her. And the angels ask of her, Woman, why weepest thou? Mary is so overcome with grief at this point in time that she fails to to even recognize the splendor of the fact that angels are talking with her. And so she responds to them as if she were talking to anybody else. She says, because I can't find the body of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And then there was somebody else who gave her the same question. Now it's not angels, but it's a man. She doesn't know who this man is. She supposes him to be a gardener. And he asked the exact same questions that the angels asked of her. Woman, why weepest thou? Now she is so overcome with grief and so distraught at this situation, that she responds in verse 15, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. She had the audacity to suggest that this individual had stolen the body of Jesus. It's at that point then that Jesus responds unto her saying, Mary. And with that one word, he pierced her soul and opened her eyes so that she understood that the one standing next to her was not a gardener, but was the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so she responded then, Rabboni, that is to say, Master. And she reached out then to cling to and embrace her Lord and her Savior. And it was at that point then that Jesus said unto her, Touch me Not. But why? Why did Jesus Christ insist unto this woman that she must not touch Him? As we said in the introduction already, it could not be the case that Jesus lacked empathy and lacked understanding for this poor woman. It's not that Jesus Christ failed to understand the grief of heart that she endured, and yet He insisted unto this woman, touch me not. And then to add to the level of difficulty here, later on in this same chapter, 
Jesus Christ permits, yea, even commands Thomas to touch him. Thomas, reach forth thy hand and touch me. So why is it that Thomas could be given permission to touch Jesus Christ, and yet Mary Magdalene is forbidden from touching Jesus Christ? For us to understand this, beloved, we must know that there was a difference between the touching of Mary Magdalene unto Jesus and the touch of Thomas unto Jesus. The touch of Thomas unto Jesus was for the purpose of addressing his unbelief. It was because Thomas didn't believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead that Jesus commanded Thomas to touch him so that Thomas would know. Mary wanted to reach out and touch Jesus Christ for a different reason. She wanted to touch Jesus Christ in order that she could cling to Christ. That's another way that we could translate this. Mary do not cling unto me. In Mary's mind now that Jesus Christ is alive, things will be restored to the way that they previously had been. In Mary's mind, now that Jesus is alive and in her presence again, she can minister unto Him. In Mary's mind, they could go back to the ways that she previously had assisted and gone with Jesus from village to village. And that's why Jesus Christ said unto Mary, Cling not unto me. Why? For I am not yet ascended to my Father. Cling not to me, he said, for I'm not yet ascended unto my Father. That is, I'm going to be on this earth for a while yet. I'm not yet ascended. Don't cling to me, your clinging unto me isn't going to keep me here by you. I'm not yet ascended. Cling not to me, for I will ascend to my Father in heaven. Go say unto the brethren, I ascend unto my Father and to your Father. Jesus speaks here in the present tense, I ascend, not because at that moment in time he was bodily going up into heaven, but because his future ascension was such an established fact, such a certain reality. There was no question about it. He would ascend. And because he would Ascend, He said unto Mary, touch me not. Go say unto the brethren, I ascend unto my Father. What Mary had to come to know was that the relationship that she had previously had with Jesus had now changed. And it changed for her benefit. 
I ascend unto my Father. And there in heaven, Jesus Christ would be Mary's advocate who would petition the Father on Mary's behalf, who would testify unto his Father that Mary was righteous, that Mary was holy, and that Mary was to be accepted in God's sight. It was for Mary's good that Jesus ascend into heaven. Not only would Jesus Christ be Mary's advocate in heaven, but Jesus Christ in heaven would pour out His Holy Spirit upon Mary and upon all of the members of His church. And the poured out Spirit of Christ would be the Comforter who would give unto Mary that certain knowledge and that assured confidence that she belonged unto Jesus Christ. And so that's why Jesus Christ insisted unto Mary, touch me not, that is, don't cling unto me, for I must go up unto my Father in heaven. And Mary, it is for your benefit that I go to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. How hard this must have been for Mary to understand this and to believe this. She was someone who all her life long, or rather since the casting out of the demons, had found satisfaction in ministering to Jesus Christ. And now she can't. She can't cling to him. She can't care for him. She can't go with him. Jesus Christ instructed her so that she would know where he was going. It wasn't as if Jesus was confined to this earth because Mary had such a tight clutch upon him and that apart from Mary letting go, Jesus Christ would not be able to go up in heaven. No, that's not why Jesus said, touch me not, don't cling to me. He was going to go to heaven regardless of whether Mary clung to him or didn't. But Jesus said, let me go, touch me not, so that Mary could understand that Jesus Christ must go Mary was being called here to make a sacrifice in the present moment with the hope of a future blessing. Presently, she must let go. But she had the hope of the future blessing of Jesus Christ when he ascended in heaven and would be her advocate and would give unto her his Spirit. And how often does not God call you and me to do the same? To make a sacrifice in the present moment with the hope 
of a future blessing. We do not always know what that future blessing will be. We might not be able to visualize even the good that God has in store for us. But sometimes we must hear this word of God. Touch me not. That is, cling not to the things of this earth. But let them go with the hope of a future heavenly blessing. Then Jesus Christ gave to Mary the accompanying command to go out and bring a word. Go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary was to be a messenger. She was to take the message that Jesus gave unto her And she was to proclaim this message unto the brethren. Notice the content of the message. Say to them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father. Jesus draws a distinction here between his relationship with the Father and Mary's relationship with the Father. Jesus did not say to Mary, go and tell them, I ascend unto our Father. Father, he could have said that, but he didn't. He said, go and tell them, I ascend to my Father and your Father. Jesus had one relationship with the Father. Mary and the rest of the brethren had a different relationship with the Father. Jesus' relationship with the Father was this. He was the natural-born Son of the Father. He was the eternally begotten Son of the Father. He was the express image of the Father who obeyed His Father's will all of His life long. Whereas the brethren's relationship with the Father was different. Not the natural sons of God, but the adopted sons of God. Not those who have the right of their own of their own selves to claim to be a part of God's family, but those who by grace, through the finished work of the cross, can claim to be a part of God's family. Go and tell the brethren, I ascend to my Father and your Father to my God, and to your God. And yet, one Father and one God. One place where they would go. One home, which is heaven. Jesus describes heaven here using very personal terms. He did not say, Tell the brethren, I ascend unto heaven. He doesn't say, tell them that I ascend to the throne of majesty. But he said, tell them, I ascend to my Father and my God. 
uses personal terms here in his description of the location to which he would ascend. He does so because he is setting forth here what is the glory of heaven. What is it that makes heaven so remarkable? Why did Jesus long to go to heaven? And why does the believer have that yearning in his heart more and more to be taken off of this earth and to go unto heaven? It's because heaven is where our Father and our God is at. The one who loves us with an everlasting love. The one who has adopted us into his covenant of grace. The one who has bestowed upon us blessings through his son Jesus Christ. That's what makes heaven so wonderful and so remarkable. And so Jesus said, tell them, I go unto my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Tell this to the recipients whom I have selected, Jesus said. Tell it to my brethren. My brethren. He didn't tell Mary to proclaim it to the whole earth. He said, tell it to my brethren. What a status Jesus gives to those who are part of his family. He counts them as his brethren. Previously, he referred to them as friends. He referred to them as disciples. Now he elevates the status of his relationship with them. Brethren, go tell my brethren. Brothers are those who share together. Martin Luther says, quote, If now Christ is our brother, what? will we still lack? Brothers, are those who have one father, are those who have one home in which they dwell, are those who love one another, as those who have one inheritance, one faith, one hope. Brothers, those who share and who give unto one another. And now Jesus shared with his brethren the good news that I ascend to my Father and my God. In love, Jesus commanded the grieving. Mary to take this message and bring it out in love for the brethren. That's what lovers do to each other. They share. They communicate one with another. And that's precisely what Jesus did here. He shared with the brethren the good news of Him ascending. 
He did not withhold information from them. He did not seek to manipulate them by hiding truth from them. But he shared with the brethren the truth that I ascend. But it wasn't just love for the brethren here. It was also love for Mary. Mary had a different task now. Earlier in life, her duty had been to minister to Jesus Christ, tending to his physical needs. When he was hungry, when he was thirsty, there was Mary to care for him. But now Jesus Christ has a resurrected body and will soon ascend to heaven. And so he doesn't need Mary to go with him from city to city giving him water to drink and food to eat. So what now will Mary do? Does Mary have no place, no purpose? Perhaps Mary struggled with that reality, with that thought. How would she find any satisfaction, any enjoyment in life anymore? Was her place now purposeless? Because she could not tend to Jesus? In love, Jesus gave her a commission. And that commission was, go out and tell the brethren. Be the bearer of good news. Tell them that I ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God. And your God. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank thee for the words of Jesus Christ. He has ascended up on high and led captivity captive and given gifts unto men. We thank thee for the word of truth. We pray, wilt thou give unto us faith that we might believe that Jesus Christ is now enthroned at thy right hand, that every knee is to bow down before him and every tongue is to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Master Rabboni. That thou pardon our sins, send us home with thy blessing. For Jesus' sake we pray this,